Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of At Issue. I'm your host, Dennis Beverly, and welcome to this program, Kenton Fire Chief Russ Blue. And Chief, welcome, sir. Good morning, Dennis. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you sit down and talking, uh, because um, this is the 12th of March at the time of this airing, which means that as Kenton Fire Chief, you have officially one week to go. Exactly. I'll be retiring on the 18th of March. After a career of about 41 years and eight months, it's been a great career. Uh, I'm going to miss it, but it, it's time. Uh, we have a lot of young guys at the department now, and uh, I think it's time to, to make a change. And, and I want to move on and enjoy life and spend more time with my wife and my children and grandchildren and, and play a little golf when I get a chance. So, 41-year career. Take us back, if you would, when, when you first started. Did, did you envision this being your lifelong career? Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, even though my father was a firefighter for the city of Kenton from 1953 until his death in 57, he passed away in a motorcycle accident. I was four years old, and I never really ever thought about getting into the fire service. Uh, I graduated in high school and tried a couple other you know, jobs, and I was working at Rexon's Furniture Store here in town with a one of the firefighters. He was full-time, and he was working part-time at the furniture store. They were going to do some hiring, and he says, well, why don't you why don't you give it a shot? And I went home, and well, I wasn't married at the time, but I talked to my future wife, and we thought it was a good idea, and I took the test, passed, and I've been here ever since. Is it kind of like, um, like everyone says? I mean, you have no idea where that time went? Uh, it has gone pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you, you think, you look at it and you say, that's a long time. But when you're doing something you enjoy, time goes, it does, it passes quickly. Has it changed over the years? I mean, obviously uh, 41 years. There's been a lot of changes in, in the 41 years. I mean, when I first started, you could fight fire with uh, the turnout gear we had that was just uh, like a whole silver raincoats and uh, three-quarter boots, your helmet, whatever. And you could go in and fight. You didn't need to, they call them SCBA, which is a self-contained breathing apparatus. You didn't really need them back then. Uh, we had them, but we hardly ever wore them because all your, all your products that burned were made of wood and wool, you know, your materials on your sofas and chairs and all that stuff. But over the years, with uh, the change of the makeup of your home, your structures, and your furniture, everything is pretty much plastic, petroleum-based anymore. And that is, that's about as toxic an atmosphere as you can be in. So the guys today, they can't go in unless they're pretty much fully encapsulated and they have air packs on. And even after the fire's out, they have to wear them for a certain amount of time. So, yeah, that's one of the changes. And, and the equipment's changed. And it's there has been a lot of major changes. So it takes constant training then to stay up with it? We try to train. Uh, the state requires... Uh, about 20 hours a month, we uh, we try to go as as much as we can. We provide training for the firefighters, and they do an enormous amount on their own, uh, which I've always been tickled of that and very proud of them for doing that. Uh, they have to go through a 270 hour, 240 to 270 hour basic uh, course the first year they're there through the fire academy, but it's continuing education all the time. But that's that's how they stay on top of things and stay safe because. The firefighting itself, it, inherently, it is a dangerous job by, you know, the nature of the beast. And mm -hmm. uh, 
the guys know each day when they come to work, it's, you know, I hate to put it in these terms, but it could possibly be their last day. And But they watch out for each other. They train high. And, you know, if a situation comes up with the training they've got, they can usually, you know, get out of trouble and, and get through it. So that's one of the reasons we train as hard as we do. So what kind of personality does it take to actually want to make that your career, to know that you could possibly rush into a burning building when most of us want to get out of them? It does take a, a, a different <laughs> type of person. I mean, back in the early days, there was a firefighter in New York named Dennis Smith, and I, I remember seeing him on a talk show, and he, he made a statement that everybody thinks firefighters are insane because we go into a building that everybody else just walked out of or ran out of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of true, but it takes a it takes a special person to you know want to be in the fire service. And but it's basically about serving your community. Uh, you know you. You choose to be a firefighter to help, to be there when people are in trouble. Because when you know when people don't know who else to call, they always call the fire department, yeah. and and we'll find a way to help them, and we'll find a way to take care of whatever their problem is. So why ask why? Thank God that there, there are people that want to do that. Well, is, thank is you. Uh, let's talk. I mean, when, when you approach a fire, though, you don't just go into that building. You have to have reason to believe someone is in there. Or how does that work? The first thing we, we look for is the life safety. And once we determine if there's no life safety involved, then we go about uh, suppression and, and putting the fire out. But then you have to look at it, you know, is it worth the risking your life and risking my firefighters for a building that, you know, chances are it's going to be torn down. Or in the newer construction, they call them disposable buildings. Uh, if you don't have it out in the first 10 minutes, you really, you know, you just need to pull out because it's going to collapse and they're going to scrape it off and build a new one anyway. So yeah. it's not worth the risk to do that. Now, it's hard to tell a firefighter, no, you can't go in a burning building because, like I said, that's what they want to do. That's what they're trained to do. That's and what they're trained what they, to do. They want to do. Uh, but, uh, again, you make that assessment, though, each fire. Right. You sure. do a size up. As you're coming up the street, you look and you can tell by the... The amount of smoke, the volume of smoke, and, and the amount of fire that when you get there uh, you, to your plan of attack. We call it a three-sided view. We see it as we're coming up. We look at the front, and then we go just past. And then that, that you assess the situation, and that determines how many more firefighters you want to call in, what equipment you're going to need, what you're going to do to, to extinguish the fire. Obviously, if there's life safety involved, that's the top priority. Fires are, are tragic, but at the end of the day, if, if no one gets hurt, no one in that building got hurt. Firefighters came home safely. That's successful, isn't it? That's that success. is success. You know, our motto is everybody comes home, and we, we strive to work on that really hard. And like you said, at the end of the day, that is a success. And we, we get our reward in that fashion. You know, a lot of jobs, you have to really look hard to get a reward or, you know, be. I mean, everybody expects the best, but... That's a self-gratifying and a rewarding experience to know that you've done your job and you've done it well. But, you know, I, th- I think that every job that you go to, they, they say that the people they work with become family. I think none more than a fire department. It, it's known as a brotherhood, and it truly is. I mean, when you're working the shift, you're there 24 hours a day with, with your crew, and it's home away from home, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you spend a, a lot of time with them. And you get to know their families, and everybody is, I mean, it's just one big family, and everybody helps everybody. And somebody has a project on their time off, guys jump in and go help them to get the project done, and, and they return a favor whenever, you know, 
And it truly is a brotherhood. So you know what that's like being a firefighter, working your way up the ranks to become chief. Then you have that different role. Now you have to oversee this family. You are the patriarch. Yeah, it, it does change when you, when you become an officer and then when you become chief. I mean, you're in charge of the whole department and, and you're responsible for the community and, and everything, you know, that goes along with that. Uh, it, it's it's a big responsibility, but, you know, if you if you worked hard over the years and you've studied and you trained and you're ready to do it, it it's a very, very rewarding position to have. I mean, I still enjoy going to work every day. I mean, I've, I've obviously less than a week, but... I still enjoy it. I happen to know most of your firefighters down there, and I know that they have a sense of humor. Oh. They like to have fun. But, boy, when it comes to being serious. Yeah, that, a lot of people think we have a morbid sense of humor. But, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of have to in this business. But, but yeah, they have a lot of fun. But when the alarm, when the alarm drops, it's, it's all serious. It's, and everybody's there to do the same thing, and everybody has their own certain task. But... We count on that happening, and, and it normally it does. I mean, we don't win all the battles. Uh, we do lose structures occasionally, and unfortunately, we have lost lives over, you know, the 40-some years I've been there. Uh, but I can honestly say that that happens usually before we're there. Mm -hmm. uh, we can usually stop the fire uh, when we get on scene. It doesn't usually progress any farther, and usually the fatalities have already occurred. I mean, that's, there's not much you can do to change that. There's one thing I, I think I've gotten to know about you, Chief, is that you kind of wear your emotions on your sleeve. I've, I've shown up at fire scenes. When there's loss of life, you wear that demeanor. It, it, you, t you take it personal. Well, you do, because like I said, our, our job is uh, save lives and protect property, and save life being the ultimate. And when you have a loss of life, you, you kind of feel that you might not have done everything, but then at the end of the day, when you look back, you realize, you know, you couldn't change it. There's nothing you could do. But you still, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Do you guys go through a debriefing after that sort of thing? We do occasionally. We, we normally do it in-house. Uh, now, after the big fire we just had recently at Soda Village, the mm -hmm. Sheriff's Department had a, it's called a critical incident stress debriefing and and it helps it helps to get everybody in one room and talk and you kind of talk through things and everything stays in that room i mean what's discussed there stays there but usually when you come out everybody feels a lot better a lot relieved so is there a fire in your 41 year career that you recall most that, that haunts you the most I guess I would have to go back to the Spanky Fire back in 1980. That was the largest loss of life we had. Uh, and like I said, that was, there was nothing we could have done. That was all. Everybody was gone. They perished before we ever were on scene. But we gave it our best shot. We did everything we could, and it didn't change anything. And it's still an unsolved fire. Um, it was ruled a, uh, undetermined. And... That's probably the way it'll always stay. I mean, it, I, I wish there was a way we could have solved that one. And, and we might, you know, in our own minds, we probably have solved it, but we'd never be able to solve it in, in a court. So it's just going to pass. Yeah. Now, now talk about conditions of fighting a fire. And again, in 41 years, you've done it all. Extreme cold, extreme heat. They both pose different challenges. Which is the worst and, 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 and why? 
The extreme cold is, is the hardest because it'll cause your uh, hose lines to freeze up. And it, it, when you do get inside, you fight the fire, it's hot in there. And then when you come back outside, it's really, really cold. I mean, you know, and you can always cool down. Like in the summertime, we go in, the extreme heat inside. But the gear that you wear, it's, it's to protect you from the heat. Yeah. And, and it does a very good job of that. I'm not saying that you're not sweating yourself, you know, really bad. But when you come out, you can cool down quicker than you can warm up when you come out in the sun, in the winter. I mean, you shut a hose line off, it freezes, and then you got to go out and get another line off the truck and, and do other things to try to, you know, fight the fire. And it's winter's definitely the worst. Yeah, but the extreme heat then, now you have to worry about, um, well, you got to keep them hydrated for one right. thing. Right, and we do that to the extreme best that we can. And, and we're fortunate now that uh, Station 4 up in Dunkirk, they have a rehabilitation a trailer that they can bring to our scenes when we have large fires, and that's the purpose of that. And they and they come in to keep them hydrated and keep everybody fresh. There does appear to be more cooperation between all departments now, right? There's a lot more cooperation than there was years ago. Everybody's uh, we call it playing well together. <laughs> we, everybody has different equipment, and we have the same basic, but we utilize the other departments' equipment and their strength when we need them to come in and fight fire. So. For the Kenton Fire Department, a lot of community support. We're a small town, and everyone knows everybody. That has to help, does it not? I mean, to feel that community support? Oh, yeah. It, it's always great to have the community support behind you. We've always had it. I've, I've never known a time where we didn't have support. And I know some of the other departments, they, it seems like they may be a little jealous. You know, they say, oh, everybody likes firefighters. Well, I guess so. Not everybody, believe yeah. me. There's times that we don't make people happy i mean but but at the end in the end of the day more most people like us so. and you've gotten used to criticism I oh mean, yeah it's, it's, yeah uh, it's, it, it goes with the territory it just roll, it mostly rolls off your back because yeah. you know some criticism's good some criticism is you know there's some truth to it but most of the time they've just been through a bad situation and they're lashing out and you know but they very seldom do that with us Let's go to March 18th, or make, make it 19th now. March 19th, it's Saturday, you're, you're home, you hear of a large fire in the community. What is going to be your first reaction, do you think? Oh, I'll probably go watch. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be different. It really will. It'll be hard not to want to go in. and, and But, you know, I probably still would show up just to help the guys with anything they need. Uh, just be there for, you know, their support. Yeah, there is going to be a transition period there. Oh, so I'm sure there will be. It's one of those things where if they can count on your support, I think that's going to help them more. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to walk totally away. There's there's things that, that I've done that they'll, you know, if they need to know or they want to they want to call me and question me, I'll be there to do that. I mean, it's I'm not walking away totally. Well, you're an active community member. There's no question about that. Still on <laughs> Kenton City School Board of Education. Yep. Uh, talk about, you've kind of touched on your future plans, but uh, kind of go in depth about that if you would. Well, basically, like I said, I, I just want to spend more time with the family members, the wife, the kids, and the grandkids. Uh, plan to do a little golfing, but I still have organizations I belong to. The uh, I belong to Rotary, and I'll still be a member there. I go. I belong to the Hardin County Crippled Children and Adults. I'll still be, you know, doing things in that organization belong to Goshen Grange and Salem Church and I mean there's there's gonna be plenty to keep me busy when I'm you know 
not fighting fires or administrating. You will be busy. You probably won't miss the paperwork. No, I won't miss the paperwork. Because <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of that. There is. Uh, so you'll have enough to keep you busy, but um, any, any regrets at all looking back? Was there anything you might change? or? I can honestly say that I, I have no regrets in the 41 and a half or so years I've been there. I mean, would I change? Um, I would I would try to keep more money in the budget, but that's something we don't we don't have any control over. I mean, the, you know we're still running a, a man short on a department, and I'd love to see that position filled back up to the 13th. People don't realize how much difference that one person makes, but but it's huge. I mean, uh, the bigger fires, it seems like when we have those, there's always two guys on duty, and that really puts a lot of stress on those two individuals until help gets there. I mean, the guys, the other guys are awesome. They show up when they're needed. But, to, you know, to answer an alarm with two guys, uh, over three, when you have three, there's so much more you can do. And, and to get in to, you know, especially for life safety involved, it makes a huge difference. It's, it's kind of, kind of, uh, it's interesting because I, I remember when the new fire truck came I'm telling you, some of those guys down there were like kids. Well, they, <laughs> and they still are. And I think it's probably one of the best things that's happened since I've been there. Absolutely. absolutely. And uh, the, the cooperation between the city and Buckton Pleasant Townships has just been awesome for over the years. And for them to go together and buy that truck, uh, that's been a great asset to the department. And like you say, they're, they're just like kids. But to, to respond safely, I mean, I could put a whole crew in that truck and go, where it used to take three vehicles to get there. And at any time, you can cut down the amount of traffic. I mean, that, that's, that's huge. And the truck itself, it, it's the safety factor alone is a great asset to the community. There's something very fortunate about a town, especially our size, to say that we have a full-time fire department. There are some communities our size, they can't say that. No, that's true. Uh, we're one of the few around with you know of our size that still have a full-time fire department and we've always been blessed that the community has supported us in that respect and and i hope that that continues you know that way and, and i'm sure it will uh we, we've taken on a little bit of the ems component in recent years assisting bkp and i think that's that's helped a lot too we, we took extrication a couple years ago we respond anytime there's an accident to do extrication and things of that nature, and, and now we're assisting them with when all the units are tied up, we can respond to a situation, and we have medics on department now that can, can do things of that nature. The only thing we don't do is transport, uh, but who knows, down the road, that may, that may come into play too. I just want to dispel the myth that some may hold the fact that when there is no fire, you guys are just sitting around doing nothing. That is not the case. That is truly a myth. The guys are busy. All the, When I left today, they're down there. It, it's just, you know, sprucing up the station a little bit, but they're painting the hallways and, and making it a little bit nicer because we do have a lot of people come through the station every year for fire safety talks and visits, and it always looks nice, and, and people always comment about that. They work hard. I mean, it is their home away from home, so they, they keep it nice. But, but they also do inspections. We go out and inspect businesses and, and the restaurants and, and the schools and, and things to make them safe. And we do public safety. Uh, we always, we're always out doing safety talks, and we do fire extinguisher training for a lot of the places around town, the, like the uh, nursing homes and the care, uh, senior center and places like that. Uh, the guys are busy. During the day, they're, they're busy all the time. And you just never know when that, when that call comes in, 
and it could happen because you've seen it. I mean, oh, yeah. It, yeah. If we could schedule it, we wouldn't need to be there That'd all be the nice. time. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if there would be any yeah, that or not. <laughs> no, but you're right. You never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. But the guys are always ready when it does. No matter what they're doing, if they're out doing inspections, they can respond from there. If they're out on an assistance call uh, with, with BKP or the police department or anybody, I mean, they can always, if they can pull off, they do. But we always have people coming to back them up. Um, you, you just never know what's going to happen. So any advice to uh, a young person listening right now? That, that's Because I think back in the day when you were a kid, it was, I want to be a firefighter. I want a police officer. I, that's changing somewhat, but I think still that's a goal of a lot of kids. Any advice for them? It is a, a goal for a lot of kids, and, and especially after 9-11, it, uh, it, that put us really in the forefront, mm -hmm. and everybody wanted to be a firefighter back you know, through those years. That's kind of slowing down a little bit, but, but I mean, I would always encourage it. Obviously, it's been a good career for me. Uh, you know, you, you're never going to, when you work in public safety, you work in the community, I mean, it, it's a good paying job, but I mean, you're never going to be extremely rich. I mean, it's like most other jobs, but the rewards, uh, it, it's great in that area. The camaraderie, the, uh, the brotherhood, it, it's something definitely to consider. I mean, if you're looking to if you want to serve the community, I think it's probably the best job that you could ever have for that. I won't say this is the last program you're going to be on for at issue. It will be as Kenton Fire Chief. It, it probably will be as Kenton Most Fire Chief. Likely, yes. But I'm sure that you're going to be active enough that you never know what you're going to be talking about. And, That's true. And uh, we can have you back on the show for that. So. Well, I'll be looking forward to it. Well, good luck in your retirement from the Kenton Fire Department. Again, I know that you're going to be active, and we'll see you out and about. All right. Thank you. Thanks for taking a few moments. Appreciate it.